Does the NFL need to fix the roughing the passer calls from over the weekend? Plus, New York? New York, yes. Both New York teams with winning records. Which one are you buying in our Week 6 Power Rankings? You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What up, Locked On NFL family, and welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. He's Tony Wiggins. I'm James Zerpine, and we are stacked, we are packed, we are loaded on today's show. So thank you so much for listening wherever you get your podcasts or watching on YouTube where you can follow and subscribe. And thank you for making us your first listen. Today's show brought to you by and sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp at betterhelp.com slash locked on. And Tony, let's, uh, let's dive in to the roughing the passer calls, one of which certainly impacted the outcome of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers matchup against the Falcons. The second of which didn't impact Monday night's outcome with the Chris Jones forced fumble on Derek Carr, but it didn't look like roughing the passer to me. What do you think the NFL should do here? Is this just a, an odd week where two controversial roughing the passer calls potentially impacted and did impact the game in the Falcons case or something need to be done? Something needs to be done, but what needs to be done can't be done. And that is, you got to make your officials smarter. It's not going to happen. Officials have been screwing up forever, okay? Now, they get more right than they do wrong. First of all, those dudes are older than me, and they're running around all day in the heat. I couldn't do it. So I'm going to be very clear about my criticism. Uh, I would last maybe one drive <laughs> before I'd be, I'd be like, y'all just do what y'all want to do. I'm going up here to get me a, a beer or something, but... The thing is, so I'm not going to be overly over the group, but it's so much riding on these games and so much riding on these critical situations. I think the rough and the passer penalty and the personal foul penalties need to be reviewable. Mm-hmm. Correct them, help them correct themselves because they can't, it's boom, boom, bang, bang. It's really fast and it's really quick. And I know what the root of it is. The root of it is safety and, and protecting the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the one, the one, even Tom Brady, he won't. He, he says, "I oh, look, I don't throw the flag," but that was egregious, bro. Mm-hmm. Great, Grady Jarrett did. Uh, Grady Jackson did everything he could. Jared. No, you're right, Jarrett. Oh, great, Grady Jarrett. Yeah, he did everything he could. Um, he rolled him over. He almost burped him. I mean, he almost laid him, laid him down, and put him to sleep like a baby. And the thing is, is it could have been a lot worse. It could have been. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how it could have been softer. That's the thing that bothers me about that one. So, yeah, make it reviewable, and they can go back and pick the flag up and be like, almost the way they do targeting in college football. No, mm-hmm. it wasn't helmet to helmet. You know, it was a bad call, so we're just going to reverse it. I think it ought to be a reverse, but I don't think it needs to cost, cost the team a timeout either. Yeah, okay. So if you go that route, and here's – and I get it. I get wanting to get it right, and you don't want it to impact games and, and certainly impact outcomes of games. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Time. It cannot be this, let's take two minutes or three no. real minutes to do it. It needs to be right now. Make a decision. Yep. 
all right, we're going under the hood. Boom. It wasn't roughing the passer. Keep it moving. If, if you're going to do that, you need to be extremely, extremely efficient with the time. Because I don't otherwise, think, yeah. you're slowing the game down. There's already a lot of ads. There's already like you can only watch so much red zone. And sometimes it's even hard for them to have every single, you know, to, to pick up a uh, an important moment because there are ads and there are breaks and there are a lot of breaks. And, and so I don't want to slow the product down anymore. I don't want to slow it down either. I just want it, I, but I want it to be right. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I, I want it to be in a timely manner. For instance, if I'm on a locomotive and I want to go to DC, sometimes you got to slow down when you're reading the map. You don't want to end up mm -hmm. in New York. And I yeah. think what happens is we end up with a bad product that we're, is it worth slowing it down that we're not talking about it on Wednesday? Yeah, it's worth it. Because, you know, when Arthur Smith is, is trying to prove, him and Fontenot, the GM, they're trying to prove that they know what the hell they're doing when nobody else thinks that they do. And they turned the corner really quick. And I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm only going to bring this up because I talked to a, a guy about it yesterday. They didn't try to stretch out all of the dead money from Julio and Matt Ryan. You know what they did? Nope. Let's take it all right now. If you look at their their salary cap, it is all of their all of those guys' money accelerated into their cap this year. Mm -hmm. and, and they're saying, you know what? We're going to take this hit right now, and what we're going to do is we're going to build the infrastructure of our team, and we're going to do it the old-fashioned way, and then in 2023, we're going to start having money to be able to go out and get all of these players. And they're telling their fans that you got to believe in us and believe in the process. And they were one of the teams that I had with the Texans and the Bears as having the worst record in the league. And guess what? They could be three and two right now if that wasn't the case with that penalty. Sure. They God, could. Pe and, people's jobs depend on this stuff, man. Yep. No. And, and, and so that's the thing, right? So whether you're going to review it or because to me, <clears throat> it's hard to get that wrong. Yeah. It's hard. Like even in real time. A sack fumble. Let's use the Chris Jones one now. It doesn't look because if you slow it down, it's really easy to say, "Oh, that doesn't look egregious." No, watch it real time. Did it look bad? No. Mm -mm. Well, well, that's to me that that should be kind of it. Like the with the roughing the passer, and there's got to be you know exact rules, but it's an eye test thing. Mm -hmm. And if it passes the eye test, most of the time it shouldn't be a flag. There, there are exceptions to anything, but it's an eye test thing. The Brady hit. The Derek Carr fumble, neither one of those failed the eye test to me. And I think that's that's the part of it. And you hit on it initially. Like, does it need to be reviewable? Well, maybe. Or it could just be these officials need to use common sense and, and the common sense aspect of it. But if you do that, then there's going to be some that should probably be roughing that aren't called. And especially with everything that happened with Tua and everything with the way the league is right now, I just... I think that they there's been a heightened sense of safety, mm -hmm. and let's emphasize this, and it it certainly had an impact. So I don't think this week alone is going to result in changes, but right. if this becomes a pattern now where there's just ridiculous roughing the passer calls, then this offseason it's certainly going to change. Because let's be honest here, you can't keep making on the fly, and I'm not saying the concussion stuff wasn't the right thing, but you can't make a bunch of in-season changes all the time. No, it's, no I, it's really hard to do that. No, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that at all. It'll have to come into effect next year. I, I believe in in rules existing, and I don't believe in changing them on the fly as you go because you know this is gonna open up Pandora's Pandora's box. All those dudes gonna start saying we need to do it for pass interference too. 
But mm-hmm. this is this this is different because this is about player safety. And sometimes it's an overreaction to player safety. And it ruins up the integrity of the game because the guys have to get after the quarterback because he needs to operate under a clock. And if he thinks he's mm-hmm. safe and it's sweet and he can just sit his butt back here all day, then you're going to start seeing games. They're going to be 58 to 55 and 57. Mm-hmm. It's going to look like an old Mountain West college football game. Watch. Yeah. Because those guys are not going to be afraid to hold on to that real estate until the very last minute because they know they can't get touched. Yep. No, I I agree with you. Um, and so we'll see how it plays out. Speaking of playing, the Giants, the Jets, ooh, which New York team is for real? Both have winning records this late in the season for the first time in quite some time. We're going to dive into that next right here on Locked On NFL. Now it's time for a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to say to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. And we've all had times where we're focused on the problems, the things that aren't necessarily going right, instead of focusing on the solutions. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big, no matter how small. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient. It's accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NFL today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on NFL. And we are beginning segment two here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. And I wish, I wish I could play the theme music, the Frank Sinatra song, yep. New yep. York, New York. I'd sing it, but I don't want to butch- butcher it, my man. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want you to butcher it either. But mm-hmm. <laughs> the um, football is always fun when these teams in these big cities and that have um, a lot of coverage. It's always fun when when those teams are playing well. And and some people say, I don't care. If you if your team, if you're somewhere in, in Cincinnati or Jacksonville, you don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I do because it, it it just makes everything more fun. Like in basketball, it'd be fun if the Knicks were good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's fun when the Lakers are good. It's always fun, believe it or not, when the Cowboys are good because they because they're the biggest villain in the world. Every game I watch with them involved in it is really, really exciting. And I can't stand them. Um well, contrary to what you say, you think you think I'm a closet cowboy fan, but closet. Yeah, it's always fun when those teams Tony Irvin are, are, over here are good. Right, right, right. The Giants and the Jets, at least mm-hmm. record-wise, combined are seven and three. Mm-hmm. Three and two for the Jets. And they didn't have their quarterback for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And the New York Giants, Patricia Trainer from Locked On Giants, her G-Man. Mm-hmm. Are four and one, and we were we were in the, the cafe of the stadium waiting for the Jaguars game to start, and we were taking bets. Everybody was like, "I told somebody I got twenty bucks Green Bay wins this game," and wow. the Giants stood up and stood tall, and they really play the game in a phone booth. So the question you asked was, "Who do you buy the most?" I buy the G Men, even though they are not exciting. They make every single game look like a bar fight in an alley, and mm-hmm. and. You know what they make? The, 
Brian Daybold is built up like me. You know what I'm saying? And when he was walking down the side, he was swinging that arm, and I told everybody, I know that arm swing because that's that rudder. You need that arm. You need that to make. That's what his team plays like, man. His team, <laughs> Brian Daybold's team plays like his physique. And it's yeah. like, you, you, you want this work, you're going to get it. And that's what they do. And it's to me, it is so much fun. It's like watching a baseball team that can't hit. But they got four real good starters and a great bullpen and a closer. It's like this gonna be ugly, but we're gonna figure it out. I love mm-hmm. the New York Giants. Yeah, I uh I think you're higher on them than me. And I'm not trying to be mean to, to Giants fans out there, but sometimes the who matters. Now, the who doesn't matter when you didn't have much, you know, many expectations. And if you're Brian Dable, the who certainly doesn't matter. You got to get it done and starting four and one. I'm not trying to poo-poo that. Mm-hmm. But the who matters. So you a one-point win against the Titans, who played awful, and they're better now, and maybe that win is going to look better and better as the year goes on. Three-point win over the Panthers. Who's their head coach? Uh, the Cowboys beat you. And then you handle business against the Bears. Might be the worst team in the NFL. And now you have this win. And this win's interesting because if you still believed in the Packers, and I think you were higher on the Packers than I was, then it's a mighty, mighty impressive win. But the Packers, man, they, they didn't score in the second half. And I know there was the safety. I'm not going to count that. They didn't score in the second half. This offense needs something. And so it's it's one of those things where I need to see a bit more from the Giants to be completely sold. They have the Ravens this week. That's a good one because I think the Ravens are pretty good. I think the mm-hmm. Ravens are going to be one of those teams that, you know, you know make a run here. And in, in we're talking about them in January um, and potentially deep into February or deep into January, rather. Then they got your Jags, the Seahawks, the Texans. I mean, we could look at a team that even if they lost to the Ravens is seven and two, and I'm still not really going to know what they are. But so there's one element of it. The other is who cares who you're beating? Just get in. And I think the Giants, based on this schedule, they also have the Lions. They have the Cowboys again, the Commanders, uh, the Vikings, who I know they're four and one. You're buying them. You got the Commanders again. I they have teams, the Colts, who knows what they're going to be by the end of uh, the season. The Giants, they could be that team that comes out of nowhere, and there's always one that makes the playoffs. Would not shock me one bit. Let's talk about the Jets now, because I, I I agree with you. Of the two, I would pick the Giants, because just those opponents alone, you're like, man, there's a lot of wins that could potentially be on that schedule. The who matters for the Jets, too. And obviously, we know what, what happened with the Dolphins. But then, and, and, you know, they sneak by the Steelers. They've lost to the Bengals. They sneak by the Browns in crazy fashion, and they lost to the Ravens. Here's the thing, though. Starting with the AFC North, the first four games, going into this year, that's like, man, that's brutal. Right. And they found a way to escape that. Three and two now after five games. Um, you do have the Packers this week, which that's going to be a tough one at Lambeau. The Broncos, the Patriots, the Bills. It, it's just it's tougher to me for the Jets. But I really like their roster. I like Brees Hall and their one-two punch at running back. Wow. I like Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Spoiler, I'm a Bearcat. The Bearcats, former star Bearcat, is a, a freak. And I knew that. I knew he was going to do well there. But, yeah, I, I've liked what they've put together. Quinn and Williams making plays, stiff-arming Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, and there are winnable games on this schedule. I mean, I see the Bears on this schedule. I see your Jaguars on this schedule. I see the Lions on this schedule. So, Maybe both New York teams 
are just going to continue to exceed expectations from what we had from them going into this year. And who knows? It's it's pretty wide open right now. So both teams, if they keep on chugging, we might be talking about them potentially making the playoffs. Yeah, and and, and it's a lot of fun for me. I, I do like the Jets' uh, offensive package, the, the, all of those guys that have. They've done a real good job in the draft of getting a lot of people um, that are pretty explosive. Like you said, one, two, a running back, Chris Davis, and more at wide receiver. They, they just got folks all over the place, and they've slowly built their offensive line back up too. And I do like some parts of their defense. I know Jermaine Johnson was uh, carted off the other day. I don't know the extent of his injury yet, but they've got some really, really good parts. And it's sort of like the 49ers East Coast with Robert Sala and his defense and, uh, you know, their offense coordinator, too, who came from out at San Francisco. So here's the one thing I'll tell you about the Giants. Even their loss was impressive. They battled Dallas. I mean, they that was a that was a game where they fought. And Saquon Barkley looks like the guy that they drafted. The Giants remind me of the 2017 Jaguars. Saquon Barkley is Leonard Fournette. Uh, Daniel Jones is Blake Bortles. I mean that oh. year. That no, that year Fournette had 1,300 yards, and he was, and they were, and they were really playing with. I'm not arm. talking about Fournette. I'm talking that was a that Jags defense was whew. right, and and the Giants defense is pretty good. They don't get sacks, but I was really aiming towards Daniel Jones. It's like. As long as he doesn't try to be a hero, he'll beat you. They yep. don't have great wide receivers like the Jags didn't, and he'll beat you with his legs. Daniel Jones is a gamer. Bortles was that way. Cordell Stewart was that way. It's like they don't beat you the, the beautiful quarterback way all the time, but they are the kid that everyone picked, you know, in the first or second round when you decided you're going to play kickball or basketball back in elementary school. He's just an athlete, and he'll get on his he'll get on his horse sometimes, and he'll run, and he'll do whatever it takes for them to remain competitive. So I don't know if it has staying power, but that's the kind of team that they remind me of. And if they keep going and they keep developing that identity and they keep believing, they're so young that they might actually start to think that they're really good. And we'll have to see how it works out. That's a credit to Brian Dable, no doubt. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think uh, you could see that part of it, like the who, whatever. But if you get this team to buy in, and clearly he has – and he's getting the most out of them. So I, I'll give you that. Who would you take, Zach Wilson or Daniel Jones? I would Zach. take Zach Wilson. I'll okay. take Zach. Just, just making sure. Just making sure that there was no mm-hmm. debate there. You, you know how you know I might. Like you, you know who the Giants. Parking you know, with you, you know who the Giants are. The mm-hmm. Giants are who we all thought those Detroit Lions was going to be eating kneecaps and all of that stuff. I mean, that, maybe you maybe you thought that. I, well, you know the, the whole the whole we're going to play hard and eat kneecaps. That's who we yeah thought they were. I what, want everybody. What, what, to, what a phony. What a phony. Yeah, it's almost yeah. I told you that stuff not, that stuff is gonna go off the rails. All of that, all of that rah-rah and personality. It now is gonna but because they're losing, guess what it's gonna look like now? Now you're gonna look like a flaming idiot for all of that stuff. And, Letting and your the team thing coach is, themselves in practice. None of that means a, a diddly poo. I've been telling people that. You gotta win games, man. Mm-hmm. You gotta yeah, win. I, I mean, you can't you can't score against the Patriots. And I'm not saying the Patriots are, you know bad on defense but what what mm-hmm. it, you can't stop the seahawks and i know the seahawks are performing well right come on man bite a kneecap or something up next we'll dive into where the seahawks land the lions land all of these teams in our week six power rankings all right i'm gonna let you know about bet online bet online is the place to be because they are the leading folks in the industry when it comes to sports wagering i'm telling you man 
anything you want, whatever type of information you absolutely need, you can get that at Bet Online. I don't care what game you're playing, whatever game you're playing, it does not matter. Bet Online has you covered because it's your number one source for football betting in particular this season. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including baseball, which is in the pennant, boxing. There's a big fight coming up in November, so we think, and even golf. So you head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's keep things rolling, Tony, with our week six power rankings here on Locked on NFL. And if you're watching on YouTube, you get to see them, but we'll go through each team here and discuss them uh, if you're listening on audio. And the Bills, well, they move up from two to one. They leapfrog the Eagles after blowing out the Steelers. I have a thought on that. The Chiefs are third. Uh, Eagles just move from one to two. Chiefs third. Ravens move up a spot to fourth. 49ers fifth. Chargers sixth. The Buccaneers seventh. Vikings eighth. Packers ninth in the Cowboys round out the top 10. Let's first talk about the top spot. There's no way, Tony, that I'm leapfrogging the Eagles because the Bills beat who? A bad Steelers team? No, no. And I know it was dominating. The, the, the Eagles played someone over the weekend. Right. They played someone in, in the, the Cardinals. I know people like to make fun of them and Kyler Murray and all that. But they're still a hard team to beat. And they were able to do it. So the Eagles should be number one to me. I have beef with them dropping to number two. I do too, because the Bills actually lost to the Chiefs, and then the Bills lost to the Dolphins. You know what I'm saying? So we, we just can't sit here and, and well, they act. lost to the Dolphins. They no, haven't they, played the Chiefs yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. They they lost to the Dolphins, but then they played another game that was really, really nip and tuck. So they I actually saw them lose a game to Miami. My bad. Well, and they, they came back, they came back and barely beat the Ravens. Barely. That's the game I'm talking about. And, you know, so the thing for me is the Eagles are playing with the most balance. The Eagles are playing um, – they're playing with the most confidence, and they won the game on the road, so they should have remained number one. Um, the team that surprises me in all of this – and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit it came out of nowhere. I did not expect the Minnesota Vikings to be as good as they are. I did not. Are they good? I don't know, but it seems like – I didn't expect them to be where they are. I did not. I, I I had the Minnesota being in in the last third of the NFL this year. I did not have a clue that they were going to be this competitive and win these win these games early. Gotcha. Yeah, I uh, I thought that they might right new play caller, someone who believes in Kirk Cousins, all of those things. And, and you know, you obviously have a Justin Jefferson who's just a freak of mm-hmm. nature. I like Adam Thielen some, but yeah, it, it, it I still don't know. I'm still not sold on them. I'm not sold really on anyone in that division right now. It is interesting, though, man. The Cowboys just keep on winning, and uh, they got. I don't know if they're that good team. either. I, I I think Tom Brady's right. There's a lot of bad football. I, I I don't know how many good teams there really are. There's a lot of mediocre in this in this 2022 NFL season right now. It's hard to put your finger on why too, because they done they did the same things this offseason they did they did last offseason. There's always been turnover, so it's really weird. There's always been coaching changes, so it's just really weird why there's so much bad football being played. Yeah. Uh, the, the next group, we got the Bengals, your Bengals uh, at 11, even though didn't they lose, but they still hung. They still they moved from six to 11. They were sixth. OK, the Giants that we have previously discussed in our last segment, the Titans are starting to creep back up a little bit in these rankings. The Saints 
are doing the same. They're at 14. The Rams are at 15. That's the hardest team to figure out. And I think, too, we have to look at their schedule. I think the Rams played a lot of tough teams. Uh, the Cardinals are at 16. Dolphins at 17 going the wrong way. Got all kinds of quarterback issues. The Patriots are hanging tough at 18. They're Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know who you're going to see every week. <laughs> the, the Browns are the Browns. They're at 19. The Falcons are 20th. And the Jets are 21st. Yeah, I, overall, I, I kind of think we know what the Rams are. They can't block, and they don't have enough guys that can get open right now. And so whether it's Odell Beckham Jr., whether it's someone else, I, I think they need to find a way to get that offense moving a little bit and moving in the right direction. They're searching a bit, uh, as are a lot of teams on this list. The Bengals certainly searching on offense. The Dolphins, who knows what's going to happen with Teddy Bridgewater now, and obviously two has still been out. Uh, Bill Belichick not committing fully to Mac Jones. I think Mac's going to be the starter when he's healthy, but it's not like he came out and said that when asked mm -hmm. on Tuesday. So we'll see there. Um, you know, a lot of mediocre. And speaking of mediocre, a lot of these teams, like the Raiders, one and four. I don't think they're a one and four team. I thought they played really well overall and, and gave the Chiefs all they could handle at Arrowhead, but they're one and four and they're 22nd in these rankings, followed by the Jags at 23. The Seahawks stay at 24. The Colts move up a spot in that after that ugly win uh, last Thursday night over the Broncos. The Broncos, speaking of them, 26th, followed by the Lions, Texans at 28, Bears 29, Steelers 30, Commanders 31, and the Panthers 32nd. Are the Broncos the only winning team in the 20s? They're 3-2, and two, right? No, the Broncos are 2-3. and three. They're 2-3? and three? Okay. Um, the Lions are probably a little bit higher than I would put them, to be honest with you. And uh, it's still, it still shocks me to see the Pittsburgh Steelers at 30. Yeah. And, but honestly, Tony, I, they're bad. Like, no, they they're are. Not, they're, not, it, they're not good. And they're in a, you, and they're in a bad division to be not good too. And you know who is good though? And, and I, I think Kenny Pickett showed some signs, but the other pick. Oh, George? George Pickens. Mm -hmm. Everyone talks about Pickett. I'm talking about some Pickens. That mm -hmm. dude. He's a freak, man. And and yeah. I thought he was really good. And, and now you have a quarterback that's willing to take a little bit more chances, a little more risk, and you're seeing him be a little more productive. So I like watching him play. Yep, he's a good-looking little rookie, man, I'm telling you. All right, a couple of things to announce here for you. The Peacock and Williamson NFL show is one of them. You got to make sure you check that out on the Locked On uh, Podcast Network. Wherever you get your podcast, it is a great show with two great hosts, Brian Peacock, He's a tremendous, tremendous host for the Locked On 49ers. And Matt Williamson is a former NFL scout, so you absolutely get a different point of view by paying attention to that podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast, And check out the NFL Key Predictions. You make that your next listen. Make sure you check out the NFL Key Predictions on Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football. Plus, betting advice from the field's leading experts, our friends over at Bet Online. Make sure you like and subscribe on Friday on Locked On NFL. James, as always, man, it's been fun. And we'll see how this week turns out for the rest of the league. Until tomorrow, you have another episode of Locked On NFL with the rest of the crew. But for James and I, we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Make sure you take care of each other.